You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. host Adam Ill chilling out right here at the Crown OG Studios for another amazing episode of the Getting High Wish show. The longest running podcast out here that's making it happen. Appreciate all y'all tuning in wherever you're at, wherever you're watching this. Uh, we are podcasting on all platforms. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, we appreciate you. Uh, shout out to everyone watching live right now. And you're on your Patreon, dude. We appreciate y'all. You know you're getting some exclusive shit. Of course, making this show sound amazing. Not just my voice. Kentron is in the building. Tickling them ebonies and ivories. Yeah, dude. What's going on, everybody? He's been uh, vibing the whole pre-show. Making it happen. He's the highest keyboard player, that's for sure. Hey, listen, coming from you, dude, that's a, that's a lie. If you're watching this, you know who's next to me. I'm gonna get right into this because this is gonna be a lot of show, dude. I got Grammy nominated producer, uh, a rapper. Uh, uh, that's a new one. I, hey, I, I heard your songs. I seen you. I seen you rap. Maybe people might not have heard you, but I know you, Adolfo. I know you, dude. I've known you for well over a decade. I've been to your house many times on some friendship. It's my. He's my friend also. He's uh, uh, an activist. He's been doing this for a minute. Real smoker already ripping the, the bong. Very, uh, he's a social media stirrer. He loves to spit, what, his, the truth? spit his opinions uh, and not give a fuck. Opinions, facts. Uh -huh. I mean, you know, it depends how you know, people this, look the at new it. Generation, you know, it's like all oh, like everything's an opinion, even if it's real, right? Like, yeah, even fake if you, news, fake news. Even if you disagree CGI, with someone, CGI. If even if you disagree with someone, they think you're a hater. It's like, no, I just don't like, I don't, don't like that food, or I don't of like that train. It's not that I'm mad or I, I hate think, it. I think a lot of people, if they were to like dislike you, is because they're just like ignorant to the concept that that's okay. Like, and you're just not afraid to like not do things you don't like, and that's like okay, right? Like, you're not supposed to do things you don't like. There's a lot of uh, a lot of negativity that's being uh, uh, promoted now. People love controversy. People love to talk shit, and people show that more. Like a post that has more negative thought or topics gets a lot more engagement well, than know, something you know positive. Or I, I think that kind of like boils down to is that like people people are gluttons for attention, right? Like, and uh, you say something good about somebody, it it really it, it will speak to them to their own person. But if you say something bad to somebody, the whole fucking room's gonna pay attention immediately. Like, oh shit, like, have you ever been in a room and someone goes, hey motherfucker, some shit like that? It's silence everywhere yeah. and everyone's focused Tuned on attention. In. Yeah. So it's just people that really don't have the ability to grab attention, they they get, they figure it out that if they do that, they'll get it. So that they, it's like they're hacked to things, but just, it's ignorant. It's By the way, I'm with Trapzillas. I didn't even get to introduce my man right here. Trapzillas is in the building, dude. Already, already discussing shit. Already making it happen. 
just just doing it. How is everything, bro? Thank you for being here. I appreciate right, you pulling you. up. I appreciate you. Um, I got a lot of attention when I mentioned you were on the show. People started like, well, there's an assumption that I'm a fucking psychopath and I'm just gonna <laughs> say some crazy ass shit about something and get myself sued and get myself in position. But you know what? I'm a little bit smarter than that. But also, I'm a I'm a man of of, of principle, to say the least, bro. Like, uh, I came into this weed shit at a very early age. I had a fake recommendation when I was 16 years old and a fake ID. That's how I got into the first shops that I went into. Um, I was here for the beginning of all this shit when it was just like a, a little flyer in a smoke shop. I'll never forget it. It was Captain Ned's. I was 16 years old. <laughs> on Reseda. Yeah. And there was the, the guy with the big eyes that was in there, the white dude that had the, the like bald head. And I remember him telling me, and he showed, gave me uh, the little flyer. And he told me, look, you can just go to the doctor and lie about what you have, bro. Everybody needs weed. Everybody needs to calm down. So, like, it is medicine for everyone is what he told me. I was 16 at the time, so it's going to take another two years until I got to that conversation with Edelman, obviously. But just just a little backstory on Captain Eggs, yeah. because it is a legendary Which shop. Which isn't open right now, and to be honest with you, I... When I, I I was doing some work with uh, Josh from Raw for a little bit. Well, I'll get into that later a little bit too. But uh, one, one of the conversations that I had with Josh. him, one of the conversations that I had with him is that I wanted him to buy Captain Ed's because it's shut down right now and it's going to turn into something else. And that's the it's oldest. Closed? Yeah, it's the oldest. Yeah, smoke, so I was trying to say it's one of the shop in the United States. Yeah. It's, it's very important in my history. It's very important to everybody's history in the San Fernando Valley. They, they in have the two world, of them. Bro. There was one on Reseda, one on Van Nuys. It's the oldest the smoke shop. Store is the OG. That's the OG. That's where Jack Carrera, Captain, Ed, and all of them were there. That's bro. what I was going to get to. Is, yeah. That is something so important to the history of marijuana. As we get deeper and deeper into this, I think we're we as a community have to really start understanding that this is all historical shit, and the last like 20 years have to be documented properly, and there needs to be truth in everything, from strains to like who started this, who started that. There needs to be some clarification on who actually has rights to things in an honest way not you filed the trademark first not you did some shiesty shit and busted <laughs> some shit i don't care about that because we as a community we have we have the power of the dollar here you don't buy something they'll listen to you right but like i don't think this community has ever figured out that they have some power against the people providing these things to them uh you don't like the price of flour you don't like the type of flour you don't like what's going on don't fucking go there and enough of you do that, they'll start changing shit. But the thing is, everybody's kind of half-assed with their activism, half-assed with what they want to change things. Because just weed. We don't care so much, there, right? Is there still activism going on? I mean, it's basically Listen, like I, legal I, now. I, People just go to the legal. store and buy it. Okay, le okay I, I, let's, I remember let's, let's, we time out. Legal? You know how many people have been arrested for marijuana, like, Recently, in this year in California, I'll pull up the data right now. I think it was like thirty thousand or plus like cases that actually went on for just cannabis yes. for possession. Yeah, or thing. like marijuana is legal, but there's limitations. You can't fucking have a warehouse grow. You mean there's plant counts? Like people don't understand that. Like yeah, this all sounds like something you don't need to know. But the day something happens and you do get yourself into a case. The DA will take it. They fucking kick down the door, find out fucking the hundred lights. No shit, you're gonna be in an issue. It is what it is, but I think everybody has this is a thing. It's not an issue if you have a shitload of money, you know how to deal with those situations, which a lot of the legacy growers in San Fernando Valley have gotten really good at. All of us have gotten really good at that. We know how to break the law and then get away with it in court. And that's the reality of it. And I think a lot of them that have been really good at that are the ones that kind of play this game here. 
Um, I think a lot of people in this industry have had affiliations, not necessarily affiliations, but have situations where they've ran into three-letter agencies. And I feel like the three-letter agencies have a much different route right now with cannabis than ever before. Um, this has become a crazy honeypot for all kinds of other crimes. Financial crimes are, are being found in the midst of all this. This is a thing. Let's be realistic. There's distros all over downtown, all over downtown Los Angeles. LAPD knows this. What do you think they're doing? They're watching you walk out of this place. You don't think they could pull out that thing that will allow them to immediately hear all cell phone conversations, see text messages? People need to start getting smart that technology is so advanced at this point that with any communication you have online or off, it could be recorded. You know what I mean? It could be being listened to. They got the little, they have those weird things that will hear something from a mile away. You're not going to see them anymore. Communication's crazy. Um, but that's still the reality of weed in a lot of other states. I was recently in New Mexico. Texas is still illegal, bro. Still a felony if you get caught with weed in Texas. Go over there and see what the vibe is there. Go to Alabama. I think, is it so? I mean, I know they have events in Texas. I know yeah, people promote this, no, no, them. No, no, this thing. I know there's Here like a go. Texas triangle. This is, this is the thing. That's there's like, always safety if you have money. Okay. Okay, so like, let's be realistic. Who's going to throw these kind of events and what kind of brands are going out there and doing pop-ups? Ones that aren't afraid to get popped because they have money for lawyers. I mean, is everybody doing it? Or is mean like, who's actually doing that? Um, we see a lot of people that do these pop-ups all over the country. You know what I mean? Like, it starts to get... To me, look, a lot of people have can have perspectives of situations. But we can look at things for what they are. And if you're setting up pop-ups all over the United States... The states are illegal and you're consistently breaking the law and you get away with it. Um, I might believe that you're completely smarter than like every everything or, or something's going on. You know what I mean? Or you're just being watched. I mean, because as these pop-ups hit every So city, you think that some of these pop-ups are like feds? Like they're just here to like get info and like do some data? I don't and know. See. If you're like a state like Alabama or sort of Texas or some shit like that. I'm not like throwing this shit out there, but it's just kind of funny, right? You know what I mean? How they get away with it? How they're able to like these states that were is like really felonies? Get, is they really get away with it or are they sitting there watching everybody that's going in there? I, like, I don't know. Like it's back in the day in the sessions here in LA. That's exactly what was happening. In Arizona, we experienced that like crazy. My boy Ernie. They were monitoring? Dude, my, my boy Ernie in Arizona. <laughs> I love you, Ernie. I, I, I'm sorry. I, we gotta have this conversation because I think it's important. Um, with all these sessions, bro, uh, can you turn on the monitor right here? Uh, oh, come on. Yeah. Uh, these sessions, dude, like, they're not gonna bust the sesh. Like, for what? You know what I mean? But, like, to monitor it and see who's going there and who's actually having motion coming in from out of state or anything else. Of course, that's just the reality of things. But I think everyone that sets up a table understands that they're an activist in these states where it's illegal to do what they're doing. You know what I mean? And, we did things knowing that it was against the law completely to, in order to get this through. I was a member of a forum called Overgrow when I was really young. The motto of that was to overgrow the government, to literally plant so much weed and spread this shit as far as possible and grow it as much as possible so that it could not be stopped. And it couldn't die. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's crazy how things have gone, bro. Um, yeah, it used to be like a community and we, we were, were all family, like together dude. and everyone knew everyone. We were all trying to help each other out and everyone was, you know, it was like a like a team effort, like legalization. I remember this shit. I came into the community, you know, I didn't I it was like before we tracker, you know what I'm saying? Like the, I didn't know. I was just a kid from the valley smoking weed and then I learned this whole culture community behind it, the whole push for legalization, SB 420, Proposition 215, all that shit. And uh uh that community's gone, bro. It's it's, it's 
not it's, uh, it's not around anymore now it's, this, well, this is a thing like bro like everyone's everyone has the best i'm better than you like my events better than your event like it's just it's just bro we, a lot of us have like blood sweat and tears in this fucking industry bro like been around since the beginning like people don't understand like what it's like getting your door kicked in by the fucking bands. that's what i'm saying i used to, like when i when i was butt tending i know you were running shops too like you know early in the day we used to go to classes on what to do when the shop gets raided i used to sit in the back room having panic attacks staring at security cameras non-stop that was life for years was it fun just to provide cannabis to people a lot of us did this in the medical shit, bro. We watched a lot of patients die. Yeah. Um, having cancer patients come in consistently and you watch them at the end of their lives, dude. <laughs> hey, it's a lot of them. You're, you're their only friend, dog. Like, that's how it was back then. Like, so many. That's why I've been freaking out, like, even thinking about that, bro. I haven't thought about that in a long time. But the patients that were coming in were cancer patients, AIDS patients, or whatever the case may be. Watching them actually get some benefit from the cannabis, having fun talking to you in the whole nine, and then they're, they're just dead one day, bro. You don't really get like, oh, hey, this fool's dead or anything. This is pre-internet. There was no social yeah, media. Was, yeah, exactly. Just that one guy stopped coming. Yeah, and then you knew someone that knew that. Yeah, we dealt with a lot of terminally ill people that you know cannabis was their last resort because they tried everything and nothing was working and then you had to you know you build relationships with these people because they come in daily weekly and you, you learn know, about I, them i think it still exists inside the shops bro but this is something that bud tenders experience you know I mean it's not like a collective community as it was we'd not share this experience and there's there's so many it's every block now has one and you know that's something i saw was pretty crazy when i was in new mexico because this is the thing we're so used to california re retail cannabis that we don't really understand how it is states in new mexico i saw a bunch of like random stores that just also were dispensaries a lot of most a lot of smoke shops had like things so like one of them was like a gift shop and then they sold one of them was selling hatch green chilies and had a fucking dispensary little setup right there on the left yeah it's just pretty crazy to watch bro like you know what's crazy though is that is that the quality of cannabis it's you know what's crazy there is no state that has the best weed you know what i mean every state has really good growers and then who you know exactly yeah yeah it, i think it's always gonna be like that with weed i think california is most notorious for knowing to have the best weed. we're not because we're just the biggest state but because you know we are kind of the epicenter for a lot of trends and for a lot of uh things that happen in society and we have really good weed out here and we are the loudest to announce it. I mean, East Coast put on like the sours and the diesels and shit. But you know, Cali is just known you know, for it. But I've gotten weed from fucking when I went East Coast, people bring me weed from like Rhode Island and Maine and Massachusetts. Maine's on fire. They yeah, they got fire. good weed out there, bro. Well, the cuts have moved, dude. When I well, think about, it, we were in the forums back in the day. Like all those grows, they didn't tell you where the fuck they were. Dude, people don't understand people how were scared. People don't understand how scary it was to grow weed it was in still mass back in the day, bro. If you had like, if you had like a twenty lighter in some warehouse, bro, you know how much drama that is to your life. Like oh, back in those times, dude, it was. What year were you? What did you have the shop? Were you bud tending and shit when all this? Two th like two thousand three is when I was bud tending. Two thousand seven, we opened our first store. So two thousand three, you were already serving. That's like yeah. you were like early, like teenage. I was working at the greenhouse. Because you bring up a lot of dispensaries and history of cannabis, like you talk because about no, like, that, where the good okay, weed was at. On this, like the yellow before house. Before there was dispensaries, there was not dispensaries in San Fernando Valley at this point. You had Yellow House in the in Hollywood. You had a couple one in Inglewood, and then you had a couple other that were around there. Um, but that was pretty much it. And then the first one, I used to find dispensaries. I used to go to calnormal.org 
they had a text file on there that had the dispensary. This is very early on, like when it was still kind of like, like underground. Uh, that text file would get updated and I would check it every day because I had nothing better to do. I love marijuana at the time. Um, when I checked that thing, I saw it said THC Van Nuys. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, there's one here now. I went to that shop on the bus every day for a month <laughs> until they finally opened the door. And the dude's like, oh, you didn't know they were open? They weren't open. They had it. I was checking every day to see. You if, took the bus. Yeah, to, to, oh, see my God. It, to see if they were open. The 233 on Van Nuys from Van Nuys and Tupper. I would take that one. And I got off it there and sure away. Going straight to the shop. Yeah, second floor, and, I yeah, think, yeah, right? Yeah, second floor. Yeah. When I remember walking, they finally opened the door and the dudes opened it. And when they looked at me, they're like, bro, you don't know how freaked out you've had us the last like month. You come every fucking day. Because they did, they just didn't understand like why the fuck I was coming. Yeah, here. who is this kid? No, but dude, you, it was like collecting Jordans at the time, bro. Like if you had the fire weed, bro, you were the fucking man, yeah. dude. Uh, that that like factors. I think that is it changing now. Like I don't, because high school kids look at weed different, bro. Because when I was in high school, bro, if you had fucking OG Kush at James Brown High School in two thousand three, two thousand two, two thousand one, if you had the PK, if you had the Bubba, if it was fire, you were the coolest motherfucker on, in yeah. the fucking land. Now it's not about weed. Now it's about blinkers and like distillate carts and all you that know, shit. Had a- Listen, I- I've had you on the show, not this show, but I've had you on a couple of my other productions a couple times. You know, we've been on the show before. We got the whole background, the whole history. We know from the Valley, Panorama City. Mm-hmm. Uh, you used to work in a nursery. Work in a nursery. My father owns a nursery. He owns a nursery. Yeah, I grew up in that motherfucker. And is that like that? Well, bro, my, my punishment as a child would like to be doing cuttings of fucking trees and shit of ficus. So like, like trimming. Yeah, not bud and everything, but regular plants. Yeah, yeah, ficus trees. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Kind of. That would be punishment. Oh, bro, that nursery, it's kind of historic, bro. Like, I'll give it to my dad, bro. Like, um, wow. What? 40 years in operation, bro. Like, um, there's something to say about businesses that can survive the test of time. And I think a lot of respect has to be paid to businesses that are old, dude. And you have, like, old owners and everything like that. Dude, it's not easy to run a business, one for one. And to keep it open that long, like, yeah, that's a lot of hard work and dedication. Like, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, shout out that one, man. He got to figure out. But no, he, uh, to this, right now, bro, it's crazy. Everybody takes their fucking bags from their fucking groves, obviously in Sun Valley and North Hollywood. And they're dumping their dirt at my dad's nursery, and my dad loves it. Because the nursery's looking great right now, because all the dirt that he's putting in there is dirt from groves. It's all so, nutrients. Like, yes, exactly. All healthy. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious. To see because they don't reuse, they yeah, just... yeah, bro. But like uh, back in the day, a lot of like, dude, when you were growing weed, you wanted privacy in your backyard back in the day, right? Like, so a lot of hedges and stuff that were installed in the valley. Oh, they were, yeah, they like, were coming to oh, yeah, a lot of them would come by stuff like, private. Well, but at the time, if you knew someone that grew weed, like, dude, they were the coolest motherfucker you knew, too. In the San Fernando Valley, like, dude, knowing someone that grew weed. That was the coolest. That was what we all aspired to, bro. There was a business. I love that. We, we had something to aspire to entrepreneurially with something, even if it was illegal. You know what I mean? All of us wanted to grow weed. Nobody that was in the valley at that time did not sit there and really like think it out with their homies, like how we're gonna grow some fucking weed. It wasn't that easy? Yeah, I remember like you know getting there was like different types in like the late 1900s, early thousands. It was like you had the the brick weed, the Mexican shit that you would get with the mm-hmm. seeds and the sticks. You would have the Canadian weed, the BC the buds that were super de- de- uh, super dense. That's, that was all from Vietnamese, like. And uh, then we would have you would either have like if you knew someone, you would get that like homegrown. Do you remember cure- when the beasters would smell like shit on the outside of the bag? Do you know why that was? Because they were bringing them over the Canadian border in manure trucks. 
Ugh. Yeah, that's how that weed was getting through. So all the bags smelled so like, like shit. shit. Exactly. Like I remember they also bringing them in like the tires, so they would get super yeah, dense as well. They were just like fucking compress. Yeah, I, I learned later. Like uh, I remember when the first time I saw a BC pack that had cu- a, a cushion. It it was a bubble cushion that was brought in. Um, and some of my research, you know, a lot of like when people look, people look at Bubba. Where's Bubba? I miss it. At a, at a commercial production level today, like I don't even. This is the thing that cut they call Bubba that gets made into like a lot of those commercial packs and shit. Like that. What is that? I, mean, I don't know. Like, what is it's that? Like a like, GG4 it, bullshit. It, yeah, it's something weird. I need I a pre 98 Bubba, dude, back you know, in the day. I, I found someone that has it and has actually been back crossing it. Uh, is, is it because Bubba just didn't. It, was it like not a, not, a, not a percentage producer? No, do you or remember was it like when that? it had like the purple like notes on yes, the side dude. of it, bro? They would break off. Like, it was like the little, it was like that? purple, like it wasn't a purple bud. It had like this like little purple like fucking shade to it. It was amazing. I missed that shit. Yes. Yeah, Why they stop growing it, bro? I, I don't think it was a question of stop growing it. I think it, there's just people want to grow something new. You know what I mean? Like, and unfortunately, there isn't. Uh, there's, not a, there's not a concrete library system that exists currently that's properly hoarding these genetics in the in the way that we look at it. You know, what I mean? we know what we want, like hoarded. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, I don't I don't know what's going into those vaults because there is there is some program that is like taking all the genetics they can and like actually like I guess they're trying. Just, yeah, there's a website that I look at that shows you lineage of of strains. And you just type in a strain, and it'll show you what's crossed to make it. Yeah. And it'll show you all the back crosses. Then you can go to, like, an actual map, and it'll show you, like, the diagram of what how that strain yeah, became what, about. But what, what they say that's that strain that came about, what are they saying there? That the person that presented this product without any verification from any type of, like, third party whatsoever is telling me that this is this. And then that's going to be put into a genetic line sequence. Like, how does that make any sense? Uh, it, we don't know what any of this weed is, dude. Uh, that's just the reality of it. Because when you get down to the source strains of most of these genetics, uh, we talk about like the original purple cut. If we're talking about like, um, like the uh, that Todd McCormick's indica, that with the purest. What's in- up with Todd? Why are you giving him so? I like, like Todd. Todd. What's up? Todd's a, Todd's a very important. He has me blocked on all like social media things. I don't even know why. Do you really want to get into that right now? I don't think you want to. Like, be honest with you. Do you know why he has me blocked? I, I don't want to get into that, to be honest with you. Why not? Because it involves other people that we don't want to. Oh, so it's because I know someone that he has me blocked? Or I associate with someone? Okay, that... let's talk about that. It, he, no, I just don't know why. I, I don't really know. The, the... You have to talk to Todd about that, bro. Like, I don't, okay. know, like... I don't really know the man. I, I just don't know why he ha- okay, has bro, me like, blocked. Because you tagged Well, put it this way. Tom McCormick, like, bro. And I'm on, like, my 26 he, he Instagram through, account. He went through, like, he went through legal, like, these situations that were, like, crazy as hell. Uh, I think Woody Harrelson, like, came in and, like, paid off his lawyer to get him off one time. Um, he was growing in a huge house in Bel Air. Uh, somehow he got popped. This is, these are some of the earliest medical marijuana cases that happened here in Los Angeles. Um, some of the earliest raids happened here in Los Angeles during dispensaries. I, 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 I know. I used, yeah. we used to you fucking be fearful any day the DA can come in and kick in the door. I know people that have been a part of it. I know shops that I work at that were got, got doors kicking. This was a time when the shit was still, you know, the DA was still trying to swing their dick you know, in. They, they still are, bro, but they're doing it to the shops that are illegal. Like, you know what I mean? And a lot Illegal. Of, you know what's funny? I was dating, I was, I was dating, messing around with some girl that was working, at, she was a butt tender at like one of these illegal shops. And like, she was getting raided constantly and ending up 
getting locked up, getting charged with like I don't forget what the charges were, but the DA like dropped it at the end. But a lot of these a lot of these illegal shops are kind of living the life that we did back in the day still, right? Like they get their water shut down, their water like their electricity, electricity everything yeah, yeah. It's like it's just crazy. It just goes to show, bro, that we have advanced to a point where like the law enforcement doesn't give a fuck at that level to allow it to continue, which is great to see because it shouldn't be a high priority thing whatsoever. Um, the only reason that those legal shots become a high priority is because the reality is that there is licensed shops in areas. And if I was a licensed shop, I wouldn't want a unlicensed shop down the street from me. And, and I feel it. I feel it. You know, but then and then we look in Los Angeles in totality. Imagine you had a taco shop and then you had some dude set up a little taco stand around the corner of your thing. You know what I mean? So then like we have to start thinking about like it's just weird how it all goes, bro, because you can't just let it happen, right? Like, but it's it is being allowed to happen. So then we can't have solid business structure and it, it just creates problems for everything. Um I don't know what that has to do with me being blocked but I um, get it. i'm trying to get a segue out of that uh, okay you really want to no get, it's fine it's fine if you, you really want to get into it no if you don't want to say it i don't want you to say anything you don't want to say if i was, if I was jason and dina you really want to get into that uh, uh it's up to you this is the reality of it like I, this is all public information it's not me to get into whatsoever um shout out jason beck hi at nine news uh tune in that Shout uh, out. Yeah. Yeah, 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 so, yeah that's my family right there bro um that was the person that taught me everything about like the structure of dispensaries and how to operate one and really weed in general at a high level bro like um i would go to oz every day and kick it in there with quincy and mike and everybody else um they had just came the hallway of happiness yeah bro they, this is this is like no no it was just an oh this i this i'm talking it was just an open thing with like a little side room at the point bro. the same one on that was yeah, on santa monica bro, like, yeah bro okay they, i was there when they i was there day one of their opening there you were everywhere day well, one they, this is the reality of it bro like uh the city of of, of west hollywood invited yeah. dispensary operators from oakland North, North to, Cal, come, yeah. to come open like literally invited yeah. them um i had the we, we had the jason story yeah when they when they came out here and did that like that bro like um it's pretty crazy because you have like the highest end of like norcal cannabis just immediately gets transplanted into like west hollywood like out of nowhere like boom what happened nothing i'm, I'm listening to you oh yeah i'm listening uh, to you um don't, don't worry about the chat. We'll know, get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that later. Yeah, okay, yeah. That's I'm right what, here with you. I'm right uh, here with you, dude. Just, I'm right here you with know, you. I like to monitor shit, bro. To be honest with you, because like you know, a lot of people get real personal about certain things, bro. Like, like they don't they don't like the reality that the internet is forever, and anything you put on the internet is gonna be there forever. forever. Unless you it get deleted. It doesn't, no, doesn't, doesn't matter uh, how good you are at deleting shit, whatever. If you <laughs> upload something online, bro. Expect Expected to exist everywhere, and when someone finds it, it's no one's fault, um, and that can apply to a million things. Um, but no, I think Todd has you blocked, bro, because probably has some beef with fucking Dina from some shit back in the day, and you're good friends with Dina, and so am I. I love Dina very much. Listen, you, you're my, you're one of I'm my on good like friends. My, I love you very much. I'm on my 26th Instagram account, and like my current that's crazy, one still block like, you. That's. that's <laughs> He's, what did you do? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Tom McCormick, we want to know why you are angry at Adam Hill. Please let me know, dude. Please. Uh, when did you like find the love for OG? Because you always talk Bro. about it. You always post about it. You mention stories about where to find it in the valley. Bro, where where is like the OG Kush story? Because you're you're eight one eight Valley kid like me. 
here's the thing, bro. Panorama City, let's I go. I was here, bro. Like, I was there. I'm who you sold it to. I'm like, I'm the guy that was buying the $30. You bought weed for me? Back in 30, I used to buy $30 grams from people, bro. Like, we, it, it was like, dude, there you was, said, yeah? it was such a close circle. I'm trying to remember. We had to, dude, yes. Um, <laughs> um, it, dude, the San Fernando Valley Kush scene, um, if we really look at it for what it was in comparison to what other cities were dealing with in terms of weed at the time, dude, we the, that shit was as strong or stronger than anything that I, that's on the market now. Um, the weed that we were smoking like at that age was like extremely strong. So that's what I think weed back then was better than it is today. Yeah, that's what I always trip out when they say that like the the teach. But this is the thing too. Percentage is bullshit. Well, I don't, well, don't want to talk about percentage. <laughs> you even said it before the show when we were shopping you know, at Apothecary. It's like, um, I, there's something to say about all the other cannabinoids that exist inside of this of this beautiful thing called marijuana, right? Especially during these times where we're, we're talking about rescheduling and everything like that. And I think people need to understand what in, really the, what that means. And like, I, this is just from my perspective. This is like the part of that that I'm, that I'm not going to get too into it. But like what I worry about with rescheduling. Um, with rescheduling, you're going to create a huge market for like like very specific cannabinoid based products that are going to be put into the market and they're going to want a certain market share obviously like everything does when it gets into it. it's going to defend its position and everything like and that. when you say reschedule what schedule are we talking it's going to schedule three and that that <laughs> means it's is that got to be fda approved well this is this is the thing is that what that they is? supposedly say that the state operators so people in the state each state will still be allowed and they, and they won't get any enforcement against them but i think it would create a situation where most of their things would need to be like re-permitted and everything else and once it becomes an fda approved product then you're fucked because well, you have is, to change well, your whole world like you it, right now since it's not in your kitchen since it's not an fda approved product right now you can have a shitload of different products and doesn't matter because it's just not being regulated like that like with cbd and kratom and everything else that exists where it's like oh here it just it's not it's not really getting enforcement like that um, once it's like that, then yeah, you're gonna see enforcement there, and then you start getting into consumer protection laws and all these things like that. That you know, what I mean, They're, it's gonna create like a weird system where I think the plant is the target, and then most of the of the products out there are gonna be synthetic cannabinoid based, um, which essentially is spice. You know, what I mean, it's marinols. I remember marinols, yeah. which was like the... remember when they used to give you a marinol prescription at that one yeah, doctor? They I don't orange pills. One. Yeah, they were <laughs> I don't think gave me one. I have a question that cool. I want to bring up because I've had you on a couple of my shows mm -hmm. before and you said something a couple of years ago. I had cool. you on a couple of years ago and you were talking about how China was supplying drugs to the states. Mm -hmm. And you said this years ago. I don't think anyone was talking about this. Year. <laughs> and now it's like one of the headlines. And now that's like a voting year. People are bringing up I, all this shit. I wish, and like, I wish we didn't have to have this conversation. I mean, that's the reality right now is bro we exist in a time where when me and you were growing up bro like you could feel you're a teenager you could fuck around with drugs we could do some coke we could do all kinds of stupid shit right like do some ecstasy the whole nine yards all of us were doing it and it was all good I did. you would very rarely hear about anyone really overdosing unless they were fucking like taking shitloads of pills doing all kinds of crazy shit going overboard yeah, like excessive now bro Teenagers are gonna fuck around and do drugs. It's what they fucking do. If you forgot that you were a teenager one day, you're ignorant, and you, at one point you were just some impressionable kid that wanted to fit in, or whatever the case may be. Um, kids these days, bro, doing one line, fucking dying. Taking one pill, dying. Taking one hit of something and dying, bro. And people don't get it. It's happening every. 
it's happening every day and it's happening more and more and i think the medical system has become numb to it because um i have overdosed before on fentanyl i was declared dead um was this I was like two was that two years ago now um I, I mean, you did have me worried one time because, you know, you I have known you for a long time. And, you know, there was this one time where I think I showed up at your house, like not even just I was just I just wanted you know, to come and check know, on you. Because, reality, bro. I think people don't get it. People get sick. Some of us yeah, have fam- so some of us have family like mental health issues bro like in my family like like my grandmother my great-grandmother and my mother ended up in psychiatric hospitals like constantly um i grew up hearing my mom tell me she wanted to kill herself like um suicide was something that was like normal like as a conversation and a thought was something that was always just like there like um and it's just like when sometimes things just crash, bro, and you don't understand it. You look in the mirror and you, you don't recognize that person. You your actions, you look back on them like, what the fuck did I just do? Did I reset? What like what the hell? Like, um, you you get addicted to drugs. Um, it's not something to be ashamed of. I think people need to realize. Um, it's 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 really not. Um. This is to be ashamed of being uh, addicted. Getting yourself into like, dude, the shit happens in life. Um, people die. Uh, people die over and over and over again in your life in rapid fire. I lost like good eight close, close friends in like a year fucking time, bro. Um, lost my mother. Uh, when that happened, everything kind of like spiraled, bro. And then, like, and a lot of people don't get it. Like, when you have kids, dude, like. Do you it's it really tests your mental resolve in a lot of situations and if you have a like a partner that's not necessarily like still playing along with what's going on you know what I mean like if you don't agree with everything like you can get yourself into like a spiral bro um and then God knows what happens at that point if you have a history of like mental health issues and you start abusing certain drugs a lot of people don't realize that like certain drugs can trigger your mental health issues so if you have a schizophrenic possibility in your family lineage and you're over there sniffing ketamine or some shit like that you could trigger trigger your mental health issue um people don't go to the hospital they don't get therapy they don't get help um and then everybody just thinks they're fucking crazy uh, I encountered that when I got off all the drug I felt crazy I really did like people don't take men's mental health like too serious. oh bro yeah like they don't uh you're not supposed to like be honest about how you feel supposed to be strong i just stopped giving a shit about what people thought of me or like looked at it i got tired of like living up to people's expectations of me um dude i was worth a couple million dollars bro like Couple bad financial decisions. I fucked myself over. I mean, lost my house. I sold, sold the house. Yeah, fucked over that money. Um, that house was epic. Like, I appreciate you, Adolfo. I love you, dog. I think I'm glad you're here with us. Like, I know there's a lot going on. That house, it was an epic house, dude. I got to see so many legends that were there that are now, 
You know, like in my life, because like McConan used to be chilling there, and I love McConan. Like I bump his music on yeah, my streams. I love McConan too. Uh, he used to chill there, dude. You know, uh, <laughs> you introduced me to like Pump and Perp, and they were on one of my shows before. Like you had like these. Remember that thing, <laughs> bro? That, I don't, listen, listen. <laughs> we've had we've had moments. We've had moments, Adolfo. Like we've done a lot of shit. It's been many years. Uh, I, you know, that house was epic. That you had pigs, you had chickens, you had motherfucking motherfuckers just Dude. chilling there. You know, it burned like, down at the end of it, right? The house burned down. Yeah, I had a friend. He was a fucking tweaker, and he, oh, he, no. thought, he thought he was fucking. He literally told me that he was Jesus Christ's oh, recreation. And I looked at him and I went, <laughs> I went, bro, I'm like, if we don't leave, cause he kept on like setting up things in the backyard like all crazy. Because he, he was help, I gave him some work to help me at the house when I was moving out. Right. And it was all good. And then he started like staying in the back house. I'm like, bro, like we're moving out of the house. You gotta leave. Wouldn't leave. I called the cops on him a couple of times. I had to. I told yeah. him, bro, I'm like, I'm like, squat like, bro, you gotta. I can't do this. I'm about to sell the house. Right. Kept on doing it. Um, the last day, right before I closed escrow, like right before, boom, get a phone call from a neighbor. Did you know that the, all the fire departments here? You know, yeah, fucking house burned down. I got investigated for fucking arson and shit like that. Oh, like, man. Yeah, it was fucking crazy. They thought it was you? Oh, brutal, yeah. Oh, that's fucked up. Well, it looked like it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, with the thing that happened. But there was, like, there was some crazy shit going on in that house, dude. And, like, I know you used to do EDM DJ. And, I know, like, when I first met you, like, officially, not, like, the weed shit, uh... Which probably was before, it, and I don't remember it. You, know, not, not to like, you not, were like you were with Riff Raff touring yeah, the touring the world. Tour, like, not to go back to their stuff, bro. But like, I guess I have to. No, like, we're gonna make. I want to go I, everywhere. I, 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 have finish, I'm going everywhere. I, I have to finish that conversation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's Please. just it's just um, the reason I'm so open about that kind of shit, bro, is that I know a lot of friends that died because they didn't talk. If I would have talked and actually told people what I was going through properly, I probably wouldn't have got as sick as I did. But because I had to be the strong ass and I had to be the leader of the whole situation, bro, like, people don't get it. I had, like, 30 people on payroll sometimes, dude. Like, when I was in Arizona, I literally, when I first came up on money, bro, the first fucking thing I did, I remember I left my friend Logic Ali's house. And I, my life was fucked. I was 21 years old. I had, like, I had nothing, bro. Like, I, the fucking dispensaries had gotten raided. My partner had fucked me over. Everything was like, gone, and I'm just there. I was like, fuck. You're 21. And bro, I had sandals, and I had a laptop, and I had a, a little briefcase, and two pairs of shorts, and two shirts. I took the, that shit. I got on the bus to Phoenix, and I moved in with the Mormon family. And when we, and I'm like running from the situation in LA. Now I'm living with this Mormon family. A shout out BC, I appreciate you. Um, they took me in, and I sobered up from everything I had been doing because I was in a rut at that age. Um, I started operating a call center, and I came up with marketing methods that um, kind of revolutionized certain industries. Um, sometimes I think a lot of us have like imposter syndrome, bro. Like where, where you talk about things that you've done that you're no longer doing anymore, and it's like you almost don't believe it. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 a sickness, and I've always kind of had. No matter what I've done, when I was like producing music for huge artists, when I was doing all these other things, like Grammy nominated, yeah, bro. But you don't like internalize, dude. I was DJing for like 40,000 people. Sometimes. Yeah, like I toured the world, dude. Bro, like, I've been and, doing and events and that I'll you be DJ. honest with you, bro. And in my head, till this fucking uh, to this day, that doesn't exist. Like because if it's not mm. happening, and it's not. It's it's just not. It's the, the, life, the, life, the life of an artist is crazy, bro, because you have this thing that if you don't have this tick, 
that tells you that you have to keep going, you're gonna fall the fuck off. It's not fun. It's not cool to 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 professionalize in business relationship your creative element of what you really love to do. You are gonna fuck it up for yourself. Cause I loved DJing. I loved music. It was everything to me. I moved all my friends. Literally, it was like fucking seven of them. I moved them from LA to Phoenix, lived with me, paid them a weekly paycheck, took care of all of them, paid every single fucking thing just to make music. I'm like fucking taking everything I'm making over here and doing over there. And it's funny, like to this day now, like no disrespect to them, but like none of them talk to me. Um, and that's okay. Uh, you know what I mean? Bro, like, like, <laughs> like Fat Nick, Puya, uh, like I, like, I love, slick, I love smoke Nick, perp, I love punk. I mean, and, and like people still listen and, and like RIP, you know, everyone loved Lil Peep. Like, yeah, bro, one of the defining artists of our generation. And he was just like, you were just chilling. He was like chilling with you, like staying at your crib in LA. I remember I'd come over just randomly we just fucking smoke weed. Well, like, this is the thing, bro. Who like, the fuck are all these kids? Well, but you understand, like, I was a runaway kid in Hollywood, like, when I was fucking a child. I was 14 years old, running an all-ages nightclub in Hollywood. You had like, a fake I, ID. No, I mean, bro, no, this was an all-ages nightclub. I, oh. worked, I worked at the okay. Arena Cafe. Okay, um, okay. I, I was doing promotions and creative uh, direction for all-ages night. I okay. worked, worked with DJ Irene and all kinds of other, like, hard house legends out West Hollywood. Um, I grew up into that world. And it was a crazy world, bro. Like, uh, the things I was exposed to at a young age were, were unrealistic to... I, I mean, this before the internet, oh, so bro, you don't, like, you're not exposed to oh, this bro, shit. Oh, bro, I remember when... Dude, that that place got raided. Um, the All Ages? Yeah, the All Ages. Like, the, the Arena Cafe got raided. When that place got raided by the DA, it was, it was an operation against, like, raves because they were targeting All Ages venues or any type of venue that wasn't selling alcohol but was selling Red Bull. And like glow sticks. So if the club sold glow sticks and Red Bull, it was they tried to do the crack house statute law on them. They uh, were just classified. Well, it. during these days, bro, ecstasy use was crazy back then because everybody did it. I, I was in cuddle puddles. It, every it was. Think okay, think about this. Like the same people that were in those cuddle puddles are the same people. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. The same people that were in those cuddle puddles. Are still, <laughs> those are the same people talking shit about people kids doing drugs now. Um, I mean, it's different though. Like no, you mentioned but, earlier, though, just, drugs know, today. You know what's crazy to me, bro, is that I think like, you, you can people take an ecstasy pill. People, people have gotten like real cold and mean with shit now, and I get it. You're tired of, of like all this shit, all the homeless drug addicts you see everywhere. Because the reality is, all those tents are all just fentanyl fucking dealers. That's the reality of those tents. Those tents are all just fentanyl dealers because they can't be charged with the crime. Let's say this: if you're selling fentanyl in one of those tents and they drop their fentanyl and the cops come, it's on a public street. They can't get them like nothing that's like so that. Crazy. So like that's what's What's going on downtown? It's all that's all you that is. I and it bro, was. the LAPD knows this shit. They don't do nothing. Go look at Figueroa. Like they know now. all those hookers I, are on the shit. They don't stop it. Why is the city of Los Angeles allowing those things to happen? And they have the nerve to fucking have any money to fuck with like weed shit in any way, shape, or form. It's like get your fucking head of your ass, dude. Like we have a, we have a, the DA is not taking a lot of fucking chart like things right now. And I think that's creating like mayhem in this fucking city. I have a theory. I mean, not to sidetrack or anything, but since the homelessness is on the rise and everything going on with, like, aliens and other creatures, I I feel like all these homeless encampments, these ones that are rising, they're, they're just other species that are just getting ready to come into our country and, and do what they do, but they're just blending in with, like, the homelessness because... You remember like Men in Black or these movies where like the aliens take on human bodies and they just look like they're all fucked up. Mm. They're not really human, but they're kind. Of, they're human. So I feel like 
I mean, I, I don't know if you're into theories and like yeah. aliens and, and yeah, all like this all that shit. shit. It's but cool. This is like one of the theories is that they're all like they're just coming in, but they're just blending in with the homelessness. That's why there's so many of them coming out of nowhere. No, I think people have gone like fucking. They're addicted to fucking drugs and they're just lazy and probably just fucking sitting there and they're fucking yeah that's what's going on. You believe on. in aliens? Huh? Me? Yeah. Other species, creatures, um, zombies, werewolves? I believe we're aliens. We're all aliens. I, that's what I feel like. If, For sure. Um, imagine how animals look at us. Like what the fuck are these <laughs> things? Like they're fucking caging us, eating us, fucking stepping on us, fucking up our land, doing all kinds of crazy watching shit, us, watching us fight each other, us. kill each other. Like imagine like all the animals just chilling in Gaza and all those areas, right? Like oh, you know what I mean? Like poor animals. That's all we're worrying about. Like uh, it's just dude, the world. I think people have gone cold, bro. Like just in totality. So now, like when people see people down and out, this is what I trip out, and it's something I would really like to say. I thank God I remember this. Uh, one day I was walking through downtown, and I just looked at all the people that were essentially dead on the floor. Right, like everywhere. Do you remember back in the day, bro? If somebody fell and was on the ground looking dead on Ventura Boulevard, what Why, would happen? People like, cars help. stopping. Yeah. Now what? No, bro. We like, are uh, numb as a society to like people down and out. And, you know, and, and I get it, bro. Like fuck them. Like I get it, and I totally respect that opinion. And I get it. You get tired of shit. And it's not your responsibility. But dude, this thing is, is like these drugs and these addictions were, were set up into these communities. You know what I mean, like it's just the reality of it. Do you like, think of most of it like is these families drugs? that made all these oxycotton and shit like that? Like they created these addictions out here, and they made billions of dollars. And yeah, what? Like they're just chilling. They took like a fine, no fucking time, and the whole night. Do you think a lot of it? Is drugs, or do you think it's like financial hardships? Because there's a lot of people. It's hard to live in LA I think, right now. I with... think financial hardship leads to drugs. Mm. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, can, can, that's the reality of it. The level of stress and everything else that comes into that. Yeah, like, people want to is... escape, bro. That's what drugs mm. are popular. You know what I mean? That's why they will always be popular. Why? Because this world is fucking. People need some time just to like not think. And some people have the kind of mind where they need to do a fucking line of coke and not think. And some people have a kind of mind where they need to do all kinds of other drugs not to think. Whatever is gonna get them out of that headspace is what they're after. I remember back in the day, that used to be a word that was used a lot. Like, oh, I got a head change. Like they when they would smoke a blunt or some shit yeah. like that. Like, oh hold up, hold on. I need to get to the point where I have a head change. I haven't heard that word in a while. Yeah, let me get right. I say let, let me, me adjust, get, yeah, let me let get me, right. Let me adjust exactly. my attitude. Yep. Let me adjust my attitude. Mm-hmm. I have a question. If a portal just appeared, the portal just showed up. Would you enter it? What do you mean? Like you know what a, a portal? Where we're going? It's a portal. You don't I know. ain't doing that shit. I don't even like, the, dude. I don't. I don't like the ocean. I like lakes. I mean, I don't like the mystery of, of the deep, bro. I don't. I don't the like. Ocean the, scares me too, dude. That space right there. That's that's, the, that's what I feel. Have you seen Ocean Wonder under a microscope? But did you see that one video with that like crab looking fucking thing that like supposedly like it was just like hovering like this and then it like supposedly like like dived in the water and then sp- popped out later? Like really. Oh, there's all these video releases happening. You know? What's crazy is there's, we know more about space than we know about the ocean and the water that is on this planet. Like, not what's whatever's out there, but on this planet, we only know like 2% of the ocean. And have you seen octopus, bro? They're not They're not from oh, this planet. Oh, they're smart, dude. They're smart. They're not they're from smart. this planet. They're, they're, they're good, too. They're hard to cook. They're real hard. I don't, like, don't want to eat them because they're, they're aliens, bro. They're gonna about to come. They'll eat you. They're about to attack us. I bet you they'll eat your ass. <laughs> their base is in the ocean. I bet you any money they will eat they your will, ass. They will, but I'm not eating them. They're, the gonna, they're gonna eat everyone who's eating them first. All you fucking oh, sushi eaters. He wants to eat me. <laughs> Hell no, nah, dude. I, they can they can save me. Be like, oh, he's a good one. He didn't eat us, dude. They're smart, dog. They know what the fuck's going on. They can live on water. They can change color. They can change shape. They have like nine hearts and eight brains. They're crazy, bro. Yeah, like dude, like I don't they can know. fit in anything. You know what it is, bro. Like, I guess with space and all that kind of things, like 
it takes people's minds to like this is the thing too like i'm the kind of person that i like to understand the science i'm being told and if you've ever like looked into any like space stuff like that with the theories and like the mathematical equations that lead to certain perspectives of like space time and all the way this goes like it gets like trippy to the point where i'm just not i guess i'm not read well enough to understand what the fuck's going on in those papers um i've always looked into like college research papers like on edu websites pdf files specifically like i would look at google and specific search parameters to get those for every subject and when i would look up space or anything like that dude shit would get way too complicated and i just couldn't understand this i really want like dude think of the biggest space through is we got like stephen hawking fucking dude over there fucking having orgies over there Epstein Island and shit like that. <laughs> oh my god those memes were amazing what's it, up with that you know goddamn well that, that that was just like some type of weird like prostitution ring and human trafficking ring and like and these dudes are all playing along you know what it is a, a lot of the people that were on there are like leftist people like really like high level like educators and shit like that like Stephen Hawking um I think it played into I don't know it's just weird that whole situation is really weird. Like, I don't know. And High I, into the well, left. Well, that's the thing. When people, Sounds like my golf swing. When people like that are the ones that are making these theories and everything like that, it's just, I don't know. It's just like when it gets that complicated, you can essentially say whatever the fuck you want. Like, I don't know. Just like, I don't understand most of it. Like, how the fuck does that, that fucking rocket even get up there? I don't understand it, it either. What do they say that the International Space Station is like moving thousand miles per hour and then they somehow like match up? This It's just like. you're in orbit. Well, then it comes in. It's so unbelievable to me that you start believing things that like it's all bullshit. You know what I, mean? I think we're in a snow, like a snow globe type of environment where it's like kind of a top. It's like a, but it, it's not really a, like we're out here, but we do have, and it's like we don't know what's under at that ocean. That's where everything is, and you know that's that's how I feel. We're kind of like it's not like a globe, but it's more like a bowl. We're not like flat. Like a plate, but we're more like a bowl. What are you smoking? Because to have this conversation, you must be high as hell. I just, <laughs> I just watch a lot and that look into shit. Good. Like, what is it? I just well, watch. What's in that blunt I, right I now? OGs. <laughs> you know me. I be smoking OGs. I be smoking good weed. This bro. is the thing, bro. Like, I feel like OG Kush gets I you smoke, a different type of high. I bro. smoke. Uh, I love hazes. You know, bro. Like, if you start looking into the history of like OG Kush, and like, I understand there's there's the. Listen, I'm not. Look, Josh D. Everybody else. Yes, bro. You made that. You got that. That's your cut. Whatever. But if you look into the storylines of these strains, it always there's good. You get to a point of the story where they're gifted something, or they're given something by somebody, right? And then it goes from there. Um, we don't know if that dude's a bullshitter. I'll tell you this much, bro. I've given people a lot of cuts in, in, over 20 plus years of being in this industry. I've given people a lot of genetics. And I'll be honest with you, bro. I've bullshitted my ass off on a lot of them, guys. A lot of those cuts that you got, that was not that. I just needed to sell those cuts right there, bro. I'm sorry. I was broke. I needed True. the money. And like, yeah. So I just had to give it to you. Yeah, True. that wasn't the OG cut, dog. That was just a random one I got from my homie. I, I know I charged you five grand. My bad. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I remember that shit because I was uh remember like, the ten grand cut. Yeah, I was doing I was working for Cali Connection for a little bit with Swerve doing I know. C's and clones for a little Shout bit. Shout out my boy Swerve. Yeah, uh, like two thousand. Uh, did, did Swerve ever tell you the story about how we met? I don't know. Maybe. Oh, dude, this is actually a good one. Okay, me and Swerve were, were both on. Where's the form? This was on, this was on uh, not it was on We Track. No, was it We Track? Yeah, it was We Track. I see. I... No, this was this was We Tracker argument. Um, okay. Well, me and him got into it about like fucking OGs, and this is when he. When he brought up the chem dog as like the source strain of it or whatever the case may be, um, I got him to bring a quarter pound of it to the dispensary at a time when no one ever really pierced the veil of a screening. 
Now it's like so normal, bro. You meet somebody online, you see him a week later, and like, oh hey, it's a guy from the screen name. Back in the day, face, dude, yeah. you did you not social media. You did not expose nah. yourself. You didn't bro. want to know Hell who you, yeah, no. you didn't want anyone to know who you no, were. No, bro. Like the, the fans were taking over websites. That's how much that's how much time they had on their fucking bro, hands. I didn't give a to fuck. Take a website down. Yeah. Like, really, motherfucker? That's what you needed to do. Like Jesus they were mad. But no, he brought that QP. We met there and it was cool, bro. Like um him, he went to Alameen. Uh, yeah. yeah, like, and that's like, I, I'm a Catholic school kid from the San Fernando Valley. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, you guys bonded yeah, over like, that. Like, when, I, he, when, when he realized that the schools that I went to, he knew that I knew too much. Like, so, like, <laughs> he was just like, and I knew who he was when he walked out. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, this is the guy with it. Like, dude, like, online back in the day on the forums, you become best friends with a random person, dude. Like, yeah, no idea what for years. Like, who they are. And then, like, years. And then when you finally meet them, it's like, <laughs> I've really been talking to this fool. Yeah. But it's like cool. the AOL days. Well, that was a family, dude. Like back in the day with those cuts, dude, because they would. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand. And even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. They would send them to each other. Yeah. Bro. Like it, it, was, it was a community. It was really looked to help down each other upon, out. It was really looked down to sell them. Yeah, like you know what I mean. It really was. And like, some people were also gatekeeping and didn't want to share. That's or anything. what I trip out on right now. When we look at all these nurseries and genetic lines and seed lines, um, it's just bro, like you make these seeds, you make these cuts, or case may be. But like I think there's a situation that happened with Capillator when, when the Mac strain got to a couple of the nurseries, and suddenly fucking like 800 growers in, in California were growing the same cuts that he had like he's like oh shit it's just, I guess they don't this is the thing I think people don't realize like how much growing and genetic like shit is happening like across the country like there's a lot of home genetic breeders like with Masonic smokers specifically bro like a lot of people don't realize this, what's the beauty of what Mace is doing I'm not trying to kiss his ass I know a lot of people Mace, have, Mace, I, yeah, I, think, I know a lot of people have I've had him on the show yeah I think a lot of people have perspective of him in, in Compton genetics yeah bro but like I think the beauty of Land him, this is how I look at him he's one of the dudes that was just smoking and loving fucking weed and then they fucking started growing weed and they start crossing shit and they get bag seeds and they make it from there because all we wanted was more of the fucking weed and we didn't have enough money to buy it right so you got to figure out a way to grow it and i think a lot of people like now like people need to fall in love with the home grow again bro like they really do or we're gonna lose a lot of this soul of this culture i think you could tell who really puts their heart and like who's really passionate about the flowers they put on the market i think it's a lot of people that actually transition from the uh, from the you know traditional side to the compliance side that tries to keep true to what people look for well, gotta, because a lot of people are just putting well, mids in my like there's there's kids that are growing up their entire lives weed's been legal um then they go they're going to college to yeah. learn how to grow weed and getting a degree in That's that so crazy and then they're applying for a job off indeed to grow weed and now they're growing wheat and that's where they, and they're getting into a situation where they're not really being trained they're handed like sop and they just have to follow it and they don't they don't have no the culture behind it it's just work it's a new industry and a lot of the growers and a lot of these places now deliberately are not telling them what nudes like oh just yeah. put this bottle where case may be it's they just don't, an industry it's yeah, not like it's that they don't have like that yes yeah. and i think uh, it's it would be beautiful for 
Well, traditionally, dispensary owners have always fought um, patients' grow rights. Um, we spent a lot of time fighting this in courts all over the country. Um, but traditionally, of course, you understand it's a business at that point, and you growing your own weed takes money from them. And like that's just how it goes. And it, you know what I mean? And it's the reality of it. But I think people could. Well, there's such a beauty in growing your own marijuana and trading it with your friends, bro. Yeah, uh, like th that was. That, I miss that, dude. Because that used to be like weed events. Well, well, Remember weed events back I, in the day? Like I, I, you yeah, DJ'd a couple of them with well, me that I hosted. Like previous to this, I'm talking about like in high school. Yeah, like, yeah, but I'm talking about like when we used to do weed events. It used yeah. to be about like the culture, people in the community, people were showing each other's flavors. Like, look what I got. Look at this. Now they're just like swapping. You know, I, the, the signal of the end of that community in that time, in my opinion, was when you started seeing like corporate style branding happening at the booths when it was just like a booth and people were placing shit out in a way Deli that they could style. grab it if they had to that's when shit was like that i think the second you saw the themed booths like when they would they Branded. they spent the 600 bucks on the fucking thing yeah. yeah that's when it all went to shit they, they were, were pushing mids and mylars. Oh, dude, it was This is a previous. This is when they were pushing mids just in the open with a cool little background, <laughs> just a just a brand name. A, yeah, like just. Or no, it was like back in the day. Like if you would look at a menu, they wouldn't show you the weed. In some of the dispensaries and the like. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about weed events though. Well, like, yeah, not, dispensaries were all deli style jars, chopsticks. Like you put them in the plastic little uh, uh, medical containers, mm -hmm. the the little gram jars at 3.5s, the set, the drums. You know what's crazy was the amount of innovation we had to do as as an industry early on because there was nothing made specific for us you know what i mean like uh, there really wasn't and now like everything has a specification to marijuana you know what i mean like it's it's crazy to see like everything even in new mexico there's a hotel that's a yeah. marijuana specific hotel a couple other states have this arizona the suit yeah bro like it's just like I don't know. It's nice to see, but at a certain point, I think people are like weed's cool, but like, should it be the overall thematic adventure of your vacation? I don't. At this point, some people it is though. To us, we grew up with yeah. this, so it's different. Other people, it's a novelty. I, you know, I, have, a, I have a friend that actually we has, have so much access. I, I have to a it. friend in, in a in a in Santa Barbara that actually has a permit for consumption and cultivation and processing in the same facility in order to create like a bed and breakfast yeah. style like you come in fucking Blunt and harvest breakfast. the fucking weed put it in the freeze dryer you, you see the wash, process wash it yourself like you oh. know I mean? like it, it really like hold, you their, smoke. Like, hold their hand like type like serve Dude, that's awesome well today i was speaking to somebody on instagram whose family is from afghanistan and they, this dude is actually related to like traditional hash makers like historically their family does that like dry, they saw dry they saw dry sifting and certain like things but this dude knows it and i'm like he was i told him i'm like bro I, i've tried some of that hash kind of shit before it's really not for me it gets you high as hell but like it's just not the type of high i'm really looking for it's really like heavy indica dominic can like high uh, but i was thinking about it i was like if if i could go somewhere and watch somebody like use like hash techniques that from those times that would be cool as hell right like you know, see i do feel like like you're saying like back in the day you like the traditional process i also i feel like cannabis back then like 10 years 15 years ago was a lot better than it is today because it was more like craft cultivated you had private rooms if you knew you knew and you wanted to grow the best leaf possible you ever grown because vegetables? the weed had to the weed sold itself it wasn't packaging it wasn't bags it wasn't like pro it wasn't like how much clout you have on instagram it was the ziplock it doesn't matter what was on the bag it was in the bag and like that's not around anymore and i think it's slowly coming back people are starting to appreciate good weed because we've just been fed so much fucking corporate bullshit.
Do you know how many people, like, I think the barrier of entry of into marijuana, like, at this point, like, in terms of, like, what your initial introduction to weed is nowadays, like, it, it, it's kind of crazy. Like, a lot of people that would have been, like, really happy stoners for a long time took a fat dab the first time they smoked and never did it again. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Because they didn't know. I've seen a lot of people. Hot see, dabs. Remember when people go. would seize up? Who, who was I remember that? people who used to pass out. Who was that rapper that would die when they said the uh, pound? Ro- was it Roscoe? I, I forgot who it was. He like took that red yeah, hot dab and yeah, passed out. Died. I think it was Roscoe. Like instantly, bro. Like, yeah. He really did. Like, uh, well, this is, that comes with education too. Now we're getting more educated uh, with cannabis and the process and temperatures. Are they? Yeah, we are. People Have are you learning. been to another state and seen these dispensaries, bro? Yeah, like, dude, yeah. no, no, no. You gotta understand. Every other state, dude, like, you know what people sell to? They don't sell to, like, what's fair, what's the time. They sell to who comes to. And uh, there's some shops in LA that I've been to that are really good that, like, you know, it's I almost don't trust shops that have like hundreds of selections. Like I like to go into a place and probably see like five brands in there. So like I feel like there's some type of quality, quality, quality control. control. Like here in Apothecary we were into earlier, like I like the way they have it set up because specifically like you could tell there's a creation process happening there. Nothing that I opened the jar was trash. Everything was at least fucking good. You know what I mean? At a certain, to its level of price. I mean the budget. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know what I mean? Like it, it, I actually like that swag concept <laughs> that's there. That's pretty, that's pretty cool, bro. Like, um, I like. Like, I hadn't seen a branding focused on, like, the... You know, there's Mylar bags trying to sell the high. Man, yeah. Like, this is, like, a packaging to sell the low. Like, yeah. props, it's to, a, it's a props to the marketing guy. Swag, and it's just, yeah, like, Props shake. to the marketing guy there, bro. Like, that's, yeah. a, that's one of the beauties. $30 an ounce. No, that's one of the beauties I've seen now. Like, there's a lot of creative minds, and I, there's a lot of intelligent minds that are involved in the media, the marketing things. Like, uh, one of the more intelligent dudes, John, you know what I mean? Like, this dude from High Times. Like, uh, I don't know how to pronounce your last name. Dick. Capetta. Okay, okay. Yeah. He was on here, too. Yeah, bro. Like, uh, <laughs> very intelligent man. Uh, I'll give it to him. Me and him have had very long conversations on all kinds of different things, and I just feel like. There's an honest love and appreciation and understanding not only the, the dynamics of, of cannabis and, and reality of cannabis, but like the just the politics of this thing. And not necessarily to play along with them, but you have to kind of play with here. Um, this industry, bro, has gotten to a point where you have certain people all over this industry that have a lot of like power and a lot of position and maybe it isn't rightfully theirs in in totality i think a lot of people have uh it's not been honest with uh who created certain things or uh, just us like there's so many like there's so many like dispensaries and like different brands that me and you personally know we're like we remember who's like started these brands you know what i mean like remember when that dude got fucked up we're like oh shit like oh, what happened to him? a lot of, like, a bro, lot like, of got, the yeah. way i got fucked over at Go- dude i my two dispensaries golden state collective and valley patients you know shout out jimmy from 420 nurses uh that's my childhood best friend that's who my shops with right what? yeah my childhood best friend okay and l- listen jimmy i'm not i'm not here to talk shit i love Is you one that- I, I love you bro like i forgive you and everything's okay. okay. I'm not going too far. Te quiero mucho. Am I? We went to Mary Macklin together. Um, we opened the dispensary together. Um, he was a business mind. He had never smoked weed. Um, 
when I was growing up, he was the internet dude. He taught me everything I know about the internet marketing and shit from an early age. Um, he had Bitcoin when it was 25 cents. God knows what he had, bro. But no, but that... Um, with the, he fucked me over, dude. Like, you know what I mean? What? Like, oh, big time, bro. Like, uh, What the fuck? Uh, that's when I moved to feet. But you know what? It's funny. That all happened and we won't get into it too much, but there was a lot of like situations and for some reason in marijuana, people love making death threats. You know what I mean? It's just like... The, it's it, it's like a, it's a big thing out here. Uh, most dispensary owners or brand owners, when they're faced with criticism or any type of truth they don't like, they immediately go to, I'll fucking kill you, bro, or I'm going to get these people to kill you, bro. And it's just like, you hear it, and it's just like, dog, like, this is the thing. I, I exist in the paradox where the second you tell me you're going to kill me, you're not going to kill me. Um, and, I, and it sucks that I have to have, like, a funny perspective of that. But, yeah, bro, like, this is not my first rodeo with any of this shit. I've been fucking around in cannabis since I was, since I was 2000. One with these people from from vending to dispensing to fucking bud bro, tending. you were DJing Vader Village at these cups. Fucking bro, two thousand three was that two thousand thirteen? Uh, a high times a cup first. Yeah, I remember, yeah. Bro, that was a very important high times cup because we, like we, that was a crazy one, dude. Like because yeah, we just went over there and sold a bunch of weed and it was all good. And that's not what the law said, right? But like yeah, that's just In what the we all did. Middle of downtown LA. That's just what. That's what we did. Yeah. The, the one at the at. Let me ask you something real quick. What are you listening to right now? Because I know you have a good ear for music. Like music. Yeah, like uh, when you were pulling up. Okay. You, what was on your? What were you listening to pulling up? Uh, listen, let the gun play. Um, yeah, no, the fucking famous gangbanger. Uh, no, I, I really like that kid. There's a, a Mexican kid named Lefty Gunplay. That I don't know, bro. Like a lot of people look at rap and everything else is like very specific. This is a thing. I DJ for Riff Raff, and I help Riff Raff a lot of his early stuff. People have a weird perspective of Riff. You know what I mean? Like, cause he, if you look at it from from a, my favorite freestyle, if you look at it from an artistic level, bro, like it was. Like Andy Kaufman style rap world because you don't realize how intelligent that man is. His vocabulary, bro. Is crazy. Me, His me, dude. The conversation, oh dude, dude. The shit we will come up with all coked out. You know what I mean? Like it's just reality of it, bro. Like we, we bring the, we, we, we do. It was bring the rice out. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, his adjectives. But no, but this, it's just. When people have a certain look to them and like they have a certain like aura to them, like I could see that real quick. And a lot of people don't like the artists that I've worked with that have blown up. A lot of people didn't like Peep. A lot of people didn't like Pump. A lot of people didn't like Fat Nick. A lot of people didn't like Puya. A lot of people didn't like any of these dudes. You know what I mean? Like, but a lot of people, this is the thing. If you're going to be big in today's like music world, you have to be polarizing to an extent. People are going to have to hate you or love you. It cannot be middle ground. And people, a lot of these middle ground rappers where you're a good rapper. Your word play, your pen is amazing. Pick the right beats, the whole nine yards. But you just don't got that sauce, buddy. And if you don't got that sauce, it ain't gonna work. And that's what I see with Lefty. Lefty got that sauce, and it's just different. Um, I listen to a lot of like old shit personally. You know what I mean, like I listen to a lot of shot age, shit like that. This is me on a consistent basis. But like I do, um, shit. Who am I? Oh, man, there's so many artists out there, bro. Like, a lot, of, a lot of them aren't innovating. You know what I mean? So like right now, like it's hard for me. To, uh, Are you still making music? I, I listen to, I listen to Black Solo from out, out there in New Mexico. Shout out him. Like, uh, it's probably gonna trip out you. Here's that. You know, yeah. Are you but, still producing? Are you making? This is the thing, bro. I like, remember you were in the studio for a little well, rapping. Well, this, this, this is the thing, bro. Like, um, with me, like I, I, I put puzzles together. 
I got, in, okay. I got in this music industry as just somebody that had a lot of fucking money and was bored and <laughs> just. How'd you get the money? Huh? It was the call centers and all that shit. Okay. Bro. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, we yeah, spoke I, about I, I, that in other shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, he had a lot of call centers and he was making money on call centers back in the day. Yeah, that was got that. you. Well, but bro, like when I first came out of the Trapzilla's brand, like. I was We were just fucking high At my house in Scottsdale And It wasn't about weed It was about fucking Trap style Dance music That had just started I'm one of the innovators Of that sound Um It was mixing like EDM With like hip hop And you know I mean That's a well, we were doing it. We were we were just sampling old EDM songs And putting them over Like boom bap beats Cause uh And when we were doing that Like It caught on a little bit Like it really did Um but that that like world was just weird, bro. This music industry is fucking weird. It's weird, it's weird as hell, dog. Like, I, I, oh, I listen to Reed, uh, regional November kid. He's tight. Um, Jesus, you know what, bro? This is a reality. Old music is just better now, bro. Um, I don't know if I'm finally reaching that age, but like, I feel it. Dog. It's just like there's. I think I've been I've been on this earth for 38 years, and I think the music that's already came out is kind of my soundtrack, bro. And I can't even get through all the shit that I like from the last 38 years of my life. You know what I mean? Like, so like, yeah, I have to like. There's a lot of music. I think a lot of people at one point like tap out of listening to new music. You know what I mean? Like, 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 no, like it's. I think we're all being like overloaded with frequency. There's a lot. You know what I mean? Like, in terms of even in this room, we got this, we got our cell phones, everything else like that. Can't try killing it on the keys. It's just so much much auditory stimulation that's happening on a consistent basis where we're everywhere. Um, And I don't think the human brain has. This is the thing. Uh, our our bodies like will advance. Obviously, our thumb and everything else. It's all things that like your body like will create over hundreds of years, right? Like, I don't think our mind is ready, or was ready for cell phones and this interconnectivity. Um, what like two hundred years ago? Like, well, how many like a, probably a thousand years ago? We were like a tribal like people still like or some shit. Where like, are we? Or not, I'm like two thousand like three thousand years ago or some shit like that. Like, God knows how many years that. But in the three hundred tw- years ago, you know what I mean? It just it's <laughs> just a hundred years ago. No, I don't know, bro. Like. It's well, just, no, it's, not really. Not really. Like, yeah. Now we're in 2024. But I, I just think that, like, we have... Well, this is the thing. Something that happens in, like, Russia, we find out about, like, instantly. Something that happens, yeah, like, in Israel, anywhere else, we hear it instantly, right? If we go back to pre-cell phone, pre-communication, stuff like this, your body wasn't getting anything. Pre-social media. All you knew was... Yeah. Your, all you knew was... Your, not pre-social pre-anything. Like, all you knew was your tribe, right? Like, and that's the only problems you oh, dealt that, with. Okay, that part, but, yeah. yeah. But now, like, think about how much shit's coming your way. Read the news. Your, your drama on TV. Bro, we're overloaded with drama at all times. Yeah. Just too much information. Like, if I, you could have any... Bro, you know what I'm... My goals is, is to know less people. It's just hard to know, dude. It's <laughs> fucked up. I just want to get away. Well, no, it's not even that. It's just like I want to be able to be a good friend to people, and it's hard when you got like a thousand people trying to have halfway conversations with you. And you know what I mean? Like, and it's just like people start looking at you like you're flaky or whatever case may be. It's just like, bro, there's just a lot of like a lot going on. And the more that goes on, a lot of people like shut down. Like me personally, if I feel like I'm overloaded, I just turn off my phones and I just don't exist anymore. If you could have any superpower, superhero power, huh? If you could have any superhero power, yep. What would it be, huh? What would your superhero power be? Didn't like Pepe Le Pew have that like skunk thing and got the ladies or something like that to make them love him? I think he was like a huge pervert. No, he wasn't. Um, <laughs> he was a lover. I would have like the Cyclops eyes. I think like that. That would be oh, cool. Oh, what? Like the laser like, just, shit? Just like fuck you, just bam, like yeah, 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 y
That's uh, crazy. You know what I mean? Like, I think that would be a great one, actually. What What else are you gonna want? Like the Wolverine one? So that's not a superpower. We had the I healing. Mean, it is. He had the healing, right? Yeah. He well, what out. would you? What, okay. What type of weapon would you have on? Would you want like Wolverine hands or like the? What was that one? That, like, what was the Rhino? Do I mean, I've changed mine so many times, but I think I like mine today. What it would be? What is it? I think I would want to shoot infinite spaghetti. And I could use it as like a weapon. I could like trap you. I could like wrap well, it around you. Say, you didn't or say I we could could make new ones. Or I could feed, or I could feed anybody. If you're hungry, I could just make instant noodles and I solve hunger and no one's hungry because I could just make instant pasta. Boom, spaghetti. Here you go. And it also use, I could throw like a spaghetti shield. I could like throw spaghetti as weapons, like infinite spaghetti. You're using like spaghetti like. It, like noodles, like it's, weapons, it's, and it, to like, you better hope that like noodles doesn't become like a weird like word later on, and people are like, look, back then they were saying it, pasta, yeah, pasta, pasta, pasta. <laughs> All right, uh, let me ask you another question. While I set this up, because you talk a lot of shit, uh, if you could have dinner <coughs> with three people, dead or alive, <coughs> anyone dead or alive, three people, um, who would you have dinner with? Uh, Ruben Salazar. Who? Ruben Salazar. Ruben. A, okay. Ruben. Ruben Salazar, Ruben Salazar. Ruben Salazar was, a, he was a journalist for the LA Times. Um, he was killed during the Chicano rights protests by a Los Angeles Sheriff's Department errant uh, tear gas canister. Um, but no, I just, uh, I've, there's a couple people that I've kind of modeled my life like around like over the years. Um, a lot of people like are familiar with uh, a personality online. He was on the Joe Rogan show, uh, Dan Pena. Um, he's that old Mexican man. He looks like an old white guy, but he has like a suit on. He's I think I know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dan Pena, he is a businessman that went to Cal State Northridge. He grew up in East LA. Um, his, um, he, he was a business magnate. He uh, was worth a billion dollars. Um, really amazing businessman. But he actually was a prof he did like a program at CSUN. And when I was a small child, my sister was in that program at CSUN, the Latino Business Association, and I became friends with him and I knew him for years. But I've just been lucky to have a lot of like mentors over the years that just like really high level business people. You know what I mean? Like. Um, Reza Jarami from Go Ventures. Uh, he threw remember Monster Massive, Together as One, and all those kind of raves. You remember those raves? Like Together as One yeah. and Monster Massive, all the ones. Yeah, before they were. It was Go Ventures and Insomniac. Yeah, okay. yeah, Monster Massive. Yeah, yeah, before, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he, they were at the Coliseum. Yeah, Reza, 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 exactly. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's where that kind of stuff comes from. Yeah. But Reza was, uh, I worked hand in hand with them. Like, I watched that man run his business. Like, and he was very, very kind to me. And to be able to, and the thing is, the city didn't like him. Huge event, you know what I mean? He has to kind of like maneuver things. And I kind of took a lot of that I learned from there and applied it to dispensary shit later. Dude, I used to call like the city officials when I'd open a shop. Like I had a sign on my shop that said Center for the Sick and Dying. What? The reason, because it was for me, it yeah. was right. But another reason was because I I knew that the police didn't like the optics of raiding a place that said Center for the Sick and, and Dying. dying. You know it's what I mean? Like they would look real fucked up. It's like when they, but it, that's what like it was when about. they raided the pharmacy yeah. in Hollywood, in West Hollywood, the pictures that came from the DA. It's just the DA literally. This dude was smart. He put like he put like crippled people in the front. Right. Like, so when they raided it, they had to literally carry the people oh, out, yeah. like in the wheelchair. So you have these DA agents with huge things like carrying out. people out. That's, like it was it was it was hilarious. Crazy. So we got Ruben Salazar, Don Pena, and who else? Huh? Who else? The three people uh, I have dinner with. Then like uh, 
absolute. I don't know. I don't want to say something like Jesus Christ or something. Why? Like, that's in my well, top well, three. Well, well, just, Jesus, oh, really? Yeah. Like, oh, really? Oh, really? Fuck yeah. That's, that's a story. What would you tell him? I'm like, dude. what's up, dude? I want like, what's, what's you up, know what dude? I tell him? Like, so what happened? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I would tell him. Everyone, everyone around the world knows that story. And first of all, I'd be like, damn, you're not like I expect. Well, well, <laughs> you don't look well, like I, 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 look. This is the thing. People, right, you want to go first? You want me well, to go first? Well, while we do this? Well, people look at the people look at the Bible like it's at the end of the day, it's a, it's a most sold book in the world, right? And most and translated. Like, and everything. This thing, if you if you don't believe in the religion, it, it's a story, right? Like you know what I mean, and, and that's a pretty epic book. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of cool stuff in there. You know what I mean? It's what it is. All right. While we play this game, I'm gonna go to the huh? chat and see what they have to say. Is that cool? I know uh, we're live streaming this right now, and I got chat going up. So, I know you talk a lot of shit about Connect Four. I got your answers: Jesus Christ, Ruben Salazar, and Don Pena for the three people. Sounds like. Well, who my third person? Who like? Oh, uh, you don't want Jesus? No, I want to go with like. Uh... Oh, sorry. Go again. Oh, uh, you see, you're already busting your shit with this, dude. I knew you were gonna have to cheat. You probably, How am I cheating? You probably went online and searched strategies and shit. Okay, Never. true. St I like how he's not prefacing this game with what happened and why he's bringing it out. We I, were at like some type of trade show, right? And I see Adam. He's like, "Oh, you want to play this game real quick?" I'm like, "Okay." Four moves in, he loses because he's talking to me supposedly, right? That's his excuse afterwards. But I kicked his ass. Listen, uh, the first time I have a friend play me. I'm very nice and I let them feel like they win so they feel proud because they'll never beat me again. And this uh, is what's about to happen right now. So you go first. Shout out to everyone in the chat rooms. I appreciate so, you guys. If you have any questions for uh, Trapzilla, please uh, type them in right now. We'll get to you guys a little exclusivity. Uh, Vader said they sold you that bubba you were talking about. Okay, Vader, Vader Cannabis Company, um, what they are. <laughs> uh, Humble Counter Line is just stored in Humble. They got a Kush thing in Barcelona. Shout out them. Uh, listen, Lou and George, when everything went wrong in my dispensaries, the first person people that I went to, I went straight from there to their shop, bro, and they patted me on the back, told me everything would be okay, don't trip, da, 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 da. and you know what I mean? Like, those dudes were always had my back. I vended for them. They took care of me, dude. Like, uh, we had some crazy situations pop up. Um, one time when they got robbed, um, me and George and Lou were in the back. Hundreds of pounds, fucking all kinds of money. Um, and we're holding a door, me and George. And this dude's trying to kick the door down. And he's saying, I'm going to shoot the door. I'm going to shoot the door. And me and George are, like, sitting there, like, fucking holding the door closed. Said, shoot the door, shoot the door. I never forget that shit. And I, I looked at George, and I'm like, are we really going to get shot right now for this shit? Like, you know what I mean? Like, for reals? And, and yeah, though, they left. Uh, but him and all everyone else were being pussies, and they didn't want to take the weed. And my fucking, what? 22 year old ass 21 year old ass grabbed the bags of weed and ran the fuck out of there with one dude in a little pickup truck uh and got away uh the cops were behind us and actually busted a, a bitch and stopped the fucking the street i'll never forget that uh lou and george could attest to the reality of that story uh, i remember lou and george chasing the dude down these dudes have guns and these we're fucking chasing them like we're gonna do something to them when like they were had guns what the fuck were we thinking uh that, that was stupid but yeah uh those those are that's when with a dispensary crew, bro. Like that was a real like. Those were your family, dude. You spent all fucking day with them. You were risking like, everything with them, and you just saw it. It was so fucking cool. You know what I mean? They're some good fucking people. So where did you get this strategy you're using right now? Like, what's your Taco Bell order? Huh? What's my Taco Bell order? Uh, like, uh, I like regular nachos with cheese and and uh, just tacos with extra cheese, bro. 
Tacos with extra cheese. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. So what happened with me in Connect Four is, I just randomly picked it up and got very good at it and became unstoppable. And I've been undefeated. You're not undefeated because I beat you. So like, how are you undefeated? But well, true, I do lose. Yeah, like you, yeah, I beat you. Tiger Tiger Woods loses too, so you're no, but right. But that's golf. That's different. You have to be. But no, I'm like the Tiger Woods no of Connect Four. No other history of anything has won everything like that. I'm has I'm Hasbro recognized. How are you Hasbro recognized? They know about me. What do you mean they know about you? They're like, damn, Adam's the best Connect Four player we know. That's how I know. I don't, what is it? Is, is is there theories to like how this game is supposed to be this played? This is like chess for ADD. What do you mean? I'm about to beat you. How? Go. Why would you go there? Why not? Because I'm about to beat you right here. Oh, okay. I didn't even see that. You want a mulligan? Or you yeah, want I want just... a mulligan. All right, take out your piece. No, I don't want to look at loss. You lost, fool. Yeah, I told you yeah, you'll never beat me. Job, but look, even if you block Shout out Adam, look, he won. Look, even if you block me here. I, you went to, you went, I swear to you, he Googled this before he got here to have a strategy. Bull, I know what he did. Dude. Bullshit. Bullshit. Good thing, good thing you didn't have a gun that day, George. That's actually a good thing. God knows if we'd be here right now, dude. Like, can I just show you something? If you went here to block me, I would have went Adam, here. I'll, I'll be straight up. I went here and I, I know went you're there like and really into you. this Connect Four stick you got going on for God knows how long. But what's the next one? Just want to let you know I'm better. Because you're real innovative, bro. Like, I'll give this. This is the thing with Adam, bro. What do you? People can say whatever they want about you, bro, in any any shape, shape, or form. But you are an innovative motherfucker, and you come up with new shit, and you do. You take you, act, you. you actually think this shit out, and I think people thought what you did was something they could do, and everyone could do. Oh, he's just doing it. No, bro. Like this dude has scientifically figured out how to be a weed host. Like you know what I mean? Like he has perfected his craft. You know what I mean? He's been doing it for a long fucking time, and a lot of people that come in thinking they can host. Nah, bro. It's different because you got no one to shut the fuck up. I think Adam, you're really good at shows. Is you know when to shut the fuck up because you're not talking <laughs> the entire time. Like it's the worst. I mean, you're. you're the you know what I used to they hate? can hear me all the you time. You know what I hated at sessions, bro? I hated sessions when they when they were the concert portions and shit like that. Like, dude, we were there to sell fucking weed. Like, what are you, like, don't distract from me selling weed. I would hate that. I would hate having a booth and the concert was too cracking because no one was buying shit. I used that to was hate. a part of the sesh. That's what kept people Fuck, there. I used That's to what hate that shit, bro. I mean, now it's just like a fucking swap meet. You walk in there and it's no, it's just like everyone trying to trap you some fucking bullshit and you're out. Like, there's no community. There's no culture. It's just a fucking bunch. Like, bring that shit back. It was crazy. Crazy when like deep when fucking Dog Pound will pull up, Daz and Corrupt do a fucking set. Ray Schremer will pull up. You brought artists that would fucking perform. Like that shit was a vibe. People were so stoked to see that. That's what kept people coming back. Like you would never know what to expect, especially when Trap is on set. I remember Trap was DJing a fucking party and he had like slabs of fucking shatter in front of him. Just slabs Adam, and slabs. I'll push and all he did was just throw the slabs. Who, hey, into the who, hey, who, hey, who's giving more? And all bullshit I have, you know this. How much shit have I given the community? <laughs> like, in terms Listen, of- you've given away a lot, and I, I wish I got some of the glass pieces <laughs> that you've had that I missed. But I've done a lot of Vader Villages, and they have given out a lot, a lot of pride. How much did they pay? No, this is the thing. Lou and George, bro, like, how much grams did they give out that one show? It was like 10,000 grams. I was throwing out pounds. No, I know that, but there was one, there was one of that specifically. Where Money. They- 
dabs, hash. Well, but you gotta understand, there's a lot of people out here that people like him, like bro, like we didn't. This is the thing. Some people fuck. Some people just aren't right in the head, bro, and they do certain things for the rush of it. And Lou and George always fucking they they. I mean, they were doing this back in the day, like for the rush of it, bro. They loved the. A lot of us loved the sport of going to Humble and picking up hundred packs and driving them down the five and shitting our fucking pants and getting them there or taking them on the ten, and take them somewhere else. There's a certain like beauty in remembering going through a border checkpoint with a bunch of weed in your trunk. Like it's, it's someone in chat was saying. I think Freddie got faded. He said he went drove from Cali to Texas and no, he had a bong in his. Bag and bong it back. I have a hundred pack, dude. <laughs> fucking a gun. What the fuck you want to talk about? Shit your pants. You know what I mean? And a fucking gun. You know what I mean? It's fucked. You know what I mean? Like, oh shit, here we go. Um, bro, like, you know what's fucked up is a lot of times. I remember back in the day, like, you would just <laughs> a lot of people would send people and not really tell them what the fuck was going on. Back in the day, I remember when Craigslist there was like a driver section and people were like got really used to like, oh, I need a driver to take this car to sell to Phoenix. And they, be a bunch but of then they the wouldn't give them the different lock on the trunk or some shit like that. Or wouldn't give them access to the trunk somehow or some shit like that, right? They would take the car and then they get paid for it. Oh, we're gonna give you the five hundred bucks when you get here. Da, da, da. Yeah, no, but then there's a bunch of Fuck. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, yeah, bro. Like, I've, I've always studied like a lot of trafficking shit, just as a sport. Like, it's just fun to me. So, if you're driving down the street and you got a bunch of shit and you get the munchies, or and you pull up into the store, what are you getting? Munchies? Yeah, like road trip snacks. We walk into like a, a, a pickle and cheese. A pickle and cheese. Like what kind Cheddar of che- cheese? Like, and you wrap the cheese in the pickle. No, you I don't. It, like, I separate. separate. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know if that was like a new a new snack hack. A fucking pickle cheese. Oh, snack. bro. Yo, Craig's just what are you drinking? Huh? What do you get to drink? Drink? What? Yeah. Um, depends if I'm like in a manic episode, like Coke, <laughs> like Coca Cola. Yeah, I, I like I like big gulp with a bunch of ice. Like that's if like I'm driving somewhere far. You know, like fuck that. Yeah. Um, but I think there's there's a lot of like we do OG shit, bro. Uh, shout out Caleb. Uh, my boys OG Inc. out in Oregon and New Mexico, bro. Really good people as well. I'm doing a lot of work with them on a bunch of projects. Uh, doing a lot of work with Banjo Glass and some stuff with them as well. Um. It's about really getting like all in all, bro. I, I think the gist of, of shit is that like I think there needs to be a respect paid to legacy operators and legacy ethics and everything else. Um, I just think uh, the OG shit needs to come back, bro. Like not just the strain, uh, the operational style and like everything else. Like a lot of these companies when they get super super big, like they kind of lose sight of, of what it means to dispense cannabis, right? Like, I mean, and that's what, I, I don't know, I don't have an issue with, with anybody or anything like that, but like, a lot of people that have been in the forefront of trying to change things recently, like, they also own like 40 stores or some shit like that, you know what I mean? So it's like, I, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just weird to kind of see like, where like the fucking activism is going. So what do you want to see? What what is what is what does Adolfo want from the I'm, cannabis in, in, community in a, from in the a culture? World, in a perfect yeah, world. What, what, in a perfect world. Bro, what do you see? In a perfect world, bro, it wouldn't be rescheduled. It'd be descheduled, and everyone would grow their own weed. You know what I mean? And, but not and everyone people, can and, grow you know, their own weed. People that don't want to. That's what you have dispensaries for. That's where you buy. Yeah, you can uh, buy dude, it from, always, this is the thing. Back in the day, you would buy weed when you didn't have. Remember when you would run out of your grow weed and you have to tr- yeah. call your homie? Hey, if I'm running low, like, I would page my friend four twenty nine one one. Pagers, bro. <laughs> Remember the party line, Adam? Did you ever get on the party line? 
operator no operator no click calls uh that was the shit that's when i was like in i was in like eighth grade and like we were like fake gangbanging on people like on fucking the party line people would really do that like it would just be like you would it would just go person to person and then it'll just be like a person going hey fuck you motherfucker fun times i bet you that shit's still on Party line, maybe. I bet you it is. Like, we need to have like a can- do you, do we need you, a cannabis party line. Do you consume content? Do you watch like videos, uh, TV? Um, did uh, you see the Cat Williams interview? Uh, not really. Did uh, you hear about it? Well, yeah, you see clips online. You can't get away from it. Yeah, I ended up watching the whole thing. Well, this is the thing. Everything gets clipped out so much on social media that like just watching social media now is like a t- is like a show. Like but that essay. just shows you what they want you to see. Like there was a lot more well, shit what, that he was they? talking about. What's they? Whatever that Who's agenda they, I don't know There's like a who, shadow Who is they? I don't know bro The shadow government They're who out there The Rothschilds and shit like that They're Go out there bro Listen This is the thing Like back in the day The news that we used to get Was from You know what Speaking of Cat Lewis shit dude Like what, He was saying all kinds of crazy shit dude Like Lash yeah. Lash has been coming out the woodworks bro Everything from the Diddy shit To like the yep. empty shit Like yep. uh, there's, there's a lot of like Exposures happening right there Like it's crazy how the music industry, bro, there's certain situations where, like, people are, like, openly burned out motherfuckers that have done crazy shit to people. And, like, they're, it's just totally cool that they're out there. A lot of people do weird things, man. Like, even, like, Rick Rubin, like, puts people in cold baths at, like, Shangri-La. Like, when I heard oh, that... there's weird stuff that... I, I get it, bro. Rituals. That's, that's tight, bro. But imagine you've never gotten into, like, a cold, like, one of those Cairo things. And, like, the first thing you do before you get into the fucking writing mode is that... Um, I think in the music industry and in the weed industry, you have a lot of like these weird individuals over the years that were kind of creepy, bro. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Dude, like, yeah, bro. Like, some dark individuals were involved in this shit and still are. You know what I mean? And the thing is, bro, like, a lot of those dudes, and shout out all those dudes, like, we know and we remember because back in the day you couldn't insulate yourself from like fucking exposure like that if you own a dispensary and i own a dispensary i knew who the fuck you were because i'm after your market share bro like whenever you would see somebody open up i would immediately like research who the landowner was of the fucking place because i know that person's accepting dispensaries to see if he had any other locations like we were all like hawks on shit bro like it was different bro like we you wanted to open as many as you could in the whole nine yards like Oh, dude, like when the when the when the Armenians really got involved with the illegal dispensaries in North Hollywood, and every block was you had a new one in downtown LA, bro. Like you had just nonstop. Some people had like hundreds of stores. You don't know who they are. Uh, the largest distributors of cannabis, I think, to this day probably are not on paper. You know what I mean, like obviously, right? Exactly. Like, like that's reality of it, right? Like like as much as like the backdoor people want to say, like they feel like they're like the main fools. Like no, bro. Like I really feel it's st- there's still a lot of illegal operations that are pumping out some good fucking weed and thank god i know a lot of them um a lot of people hide behind the the veil of licenses and shit like that like you know what i mean but like you can tell real quick when people are real serious about growing weed and when people are here just to fuck around and i think a lot of people this is a thing people look at this shit like they say like oh there's be some uh, dispensary owners are not drug dealers uh, brand owners, you're not drug dealers anymore. You're a legal business, and it's you're no longer in the world that like it's there's a code of like ethics there like from the street or some shit like that if you're doing some shady shit and you're fucking up market share for your neighbor your neighbor's gonna probably report your ass and like it's that's not snitching that's just that business practices <laughs> people don't like that shit like they don't like business practices like you're gonna be like oh so the guy next door is gonna do something that's gonna give him an advantage over you you're just gonna let it happen like yeah. that like so i can't do it dude that's what's happening in new mexico 
there's there's the actual control divisions there, like the people that are checking shit. They'll get hyper focused on one licensee, and that's all they're thinking about. And that person they're looking at every little fucking thing. Fuck but while else. that's happening, everyone else that's is doing crazy. the exact same shit, and there's nothing to fucking say. It's just fucked up. Um, and it's reality is is a lot of these people that work for these fucking divisions and government that are involved in cannabis have no experience with cannabis, and they don't really know about weed, and they don't know about the realities of like what it is to like fucking dispense weed in a legal way or legal way. They're just literally getting hired on. Like you can't it, for those state jobs, you can't even smoke weed. My cousin was telling me that. You can't. You can't. So if That's you so if you crazy. work for the Department of Cannabis Control, you, can't even smoke you don't weed. smoke weed, bro. So like you know what I mean? Like, is that it's, it doesn't make any sense? And these people are uneducated, uneducated in marijuana, have no concept of shit, and they're the people that are going in there and checking everything. Like it's no shit. Like it's it's a waste of time. And you know who that affects more than anyone else? That affects the small time operator. Because the big guy could take the license hit, be shut down for 30 days, and it's all good, whatever. We'll put it up. But if you're a small time operator and they come in and they see something and they want you to chop down a whole crop you know what i mean like and like it's literally some of these dudes are going this is the thing there's paycheck to paycheck a lot of these places are grow to grow and they're not grow to grow on paper you know what i mean like it, <laughs> it, 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 but you know what i mean god bless them but like that's how this is the thing these realities need to be out there because people need to understand how fucked up the industry is right now and if we continue to allow it to be this fucked up how what we don't know what it's gonna look at because what, what's fucked this, up this why, why is the industry Cause, fucked cause, up consolidation is gonna happen eventually because most of these shops aren't making money and <laughs> most of these shops aren't making money a lot of these brand owners aren't making money and like you know what I mean like you, you a lot of them have gotten really good ticket investment consistently and finding a new person to come fucking take over because because a lot of people believe oh if I had that spot I could do this listen there's been so many brands that come out with like million dollar investments and they're non-existent anymore they shut down and you're like Bro, where, where did over, their you know what's crazy go? it seems like the more money has gone into a brand the less likely it's gonna succeed and it's almost like it falls on itself it's because they don't and have like, that you culture know, that, I, that I, passion I, I you're really talking about get, I, want, I don't want to go too into like I know because we could keep I, talking I for more no, and more. I, but we're I, like, I, I don't want to get like to, into like cookies, burger shit like that. But like, are you reading my mind? Like, 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 the cookies, like, I was like, bring like you cookies up. world, like that business structure, the licensing structure of everything, the way it's operating. If it's it's huge, uh, multi-state, it, MSO, uh, he's it, killing it. But there's all kinds of different owners, and there's all kinds of people involved. There's always weird lawsuits, and it's just the nature of doing business at that level. I believe you. Know what I mean, I think certain cannabis, this cannabis industry, as it expands on itself. It create the problems that exist from that kind of expansion. It's we don't know it until it happens, right? Um, but like some of them are shut down, some are not. So I guess the question is, is like I, th I feel like cookies represent representation of like branded cannabis from an urban street level. You know what I mean? So like that is that working? Is the hip hop culture attachment of marijuana something that's going to exist the totality of it? Um, is are hip hop artists really the best brand ambassadors for marijuana? And, and, and I mean, no disrespect to anybody in their past. And I understand people have their past and they're different men now. And God bless them, bro, for changing and doing good things for, in the community and their families and the like. And I respect all of them for it. And it, but this is the thing I think a lot of hip hop artists have like have passed as pimps. And I think we look at it and it's. All of us say we listen to Sugar Free, we listen, we listen to Stoop Dog, we listen to any of these classic pimps in hip hop culture. And I think we a lot of people have to come to terms with the reality that like if they're talking about pimping, they're talking about human trafficking. And if we start talking about human trafficking, a lot of uh, existential issues come into that. 
as someone who lived like through abuse as a child you know what i mean like it's hard to look at that and be okay with that reality that we platform people that openly admit to these paths you know what i mean like and that's no disrespect to them that's me analyzing what's been publicly put out there that has been said in interviews and the like that's not me making up shit. that's no cgi that's just the reality of it um and we as a culture have to really look at who we want to be the torchbearers for this going forward because like it's where it's still such an infantile time if it like imagine like branded alcohol like 20 like only 20 years into this shit right like yeah so like you know what i mean Federal it, is, is the is this bulk going to continue to sail and give platform to that as the brand ambassadors that no disrespect to freeway ricky like it's just like we have crack dealers and we have pimps that are involved like involved in the branding structure and getting like licensing and done in terms of like social equity stuff that like I mean, shit, bro. Like, social equity with Measure M. Like, that's when I was supposed to get my license. You know what I mean? Like, I was off. I got... Listen, this, this is reality, bro. A lot of, Even, like, the license holders today, bro. A lot of these... A lot of us played along with crooked fucking councilmen and the whole fucking nine. You know what I mean? Like, we were forced into a lot of weird shit early on in dispensary days. You know, bro? I think this is just... There's a level of corruption that could exist, especially when you start getting involved just in the politics of local areas. You know what I mean? Like, it just have to keep on going with like that kind of stuff but i just think it's just hard to stomach that that's what it is and that's who's really getting the brand position completely the reality is is like we look at cookies yeah bro like more power to all of them bro the shit that they have done is amazing i mean shit bro like as an entrepreneurial just as as someone that comes from and identifies as hispanic um uh, it's powerful to watch the level of stuff they've done, but they come with past, and you know what I mean? Have they rectified those pasts and come to terms with it? Yes, I, I firmly believe that. God bless them, and I hope that continues. Um, but I think the reality of that at the end of the day is that it's just, it's hard to stomach that that's how things work, you know what I mean? But it is what it is, but it, I, I don't know. I don't know if 20 years from now, it's gonna be just hip hop artists that are gonna be the ones advertising weed because people are getting used to buying weed. They're gonna get older and more and more people are gonna do it. I think market's gonna increase like crazy eventually here, bro. I think like in 20 years, like these shops are gonna be doing like five, six times the traffic they're doing because eventually they are gonna be able to probably shut down the black market. You know what I mean? And that shut down the black market in the essence where there's just not availability like that. I think the only black market that can never stop is if you start growing from home you know what i mean like i think people need to grow weed for themselves like that. that's the only thing they can't stop from the traditional market that's the only type of piece of culture we're gonna have like stick with us i mean legally you technically can but not everyone can grow it's like, I'd rather should... have, like, like, like who would you have uh what would you rather have like weed stand on itself or would you have it like do you buy weed because there is a hip-hop person attached to it no i don't or do you buy weed because it, it do people but, do you but we're different we're like a we're like a small percentage of the average consumer like when i'm butt tending or helping out at shops like the number one thing people come in for I just are think either I just, I just look the number one thing people come in for are either pre-rolls or carts they don't care about the flower they don't care about they want like that oh i know the it's average crazy. the average consumer now is like pre-rolls and carts so like the market is different it's not like we are flowers you wanted just straight flowers you got a couple dabs because of the strain names but like that, that that's, that's like, what it, it is just takes, it's, it's a just, whole different it's taking industry. the plant yeah. and like it's perverting it you know what I mean? the culture is like it's there but that's not what the main thing is now that's not the, the main consumer and anyone can use marketing and I just, ev everyone uses marketing in all brands be it athletes musicians actors reality stars whoever it is i would like to see more athletes 
Well, now, you know, now like, that the sport leagues are allowing cannabis consumption, I'm sure more athletes are going to come out. I know I think NBA lifted. I think the NFL has like a lax thing about it. So I'm sure it's going to start coming out a lot more. But yeah, it's it's all it's it's gonna happen, dude. Well, I feel like we could talk for three more hours, but you know we're limited here. Oh yeah, I don't care. I know. <laughs> I just came here to get high anyways. Uh, I know you're very. You, you have a lot to say. I mean, your Instagram today, I think you had like 47 posts. You gotta do some. Where can bro. people find you? Uh, you do the social medias. I know you do because yeah. you did 47 posts today. About uh, just what you were feeling, you were talking about OG Kush. No, we're you're... Break, no, we're. I, I do internet <laughs> research sometimes with my Instagram. I apologize, uh, but it does work every time. And like today, I found access to cuts that I would only dream of getting access to. Uh, you know what I mean? Like that's that's just the reality there, bro. We were we 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 talked about a lot. We hit a lot of emotions. I appreciate you being open and honest and unfiltered. Well, you wanted a fucking good fucking podcast. There you go, dude. I mean, look, I've, <laughs> I've had you on multiple times on many platforms. You've brought people with you. You you've always you know try to showcase and big up others. You've been through a lot. You've you've experienced a lot at an early age, and you know you just out here helping people, letting people know what's up. Look, we're all fucked up We're all, we're all damaged, we all, we all got shit going on um, Smell your own shit first Before you talk shit about anybody else Treat other people how you would love to be treated Very, very simple fucking math And life will be good for everybody But you know what? People are dicks So you know what? Learn to respond to people that are dicks With silence and just move forward Because if you react, you're giving them energy It's a bad idea And these are things I have to tell myself constantly Because yeah, I uh, do a lot of weird shit sometimes But fuck everybody I love everybody. Thank you, Adam. Yeah, um, your vibe attracts your child. I was just about to say that. Vibe. We, you learned that in the puddle cuddle? Or yeah, yeah, the, the cuddle cuddle. We all, we all have obstacles, whatever it is, relationships, family, financial, health. Like, we all have shit. Not everyone <clears throat> talks about it. A lot of people love to dwell on negative shit because that's what it's become. So, uh, you know, just focus on you. Do what you do. And I know we all handle shit, and I appreciate you still here with us and okay. taking time to come through <laughs> and making it happen. Listen, we, you know, we, we, we got affordable shit for everybody, bro. Uh, I, I really like the podcast. Cool ass little Trapzilla's on IG. Instagram and X. Uh, I, do you do, do you do X? What? Twitter? Call it Twitter, bro. I can't. <laughs> you do that sounded like you offered me some drugs. No, so it's like, called. I don't want no it's X, bro. It's called cool, X, dog. bro. It's you sound like we're at the raves where you would just hear X K X K X K as it matter X K. Well, now they have like hybrid drugs and they just mix them together. Now they're oh, like that's SR twenty two. What's that fucking... shit? What's that shit called? The the, the Colombian stuff. The, 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 the Tusi. Yeah, try to tab. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> Love to do it again. Uh, look, you've been through a lot. Do you have any like any words of advice to? Because everyone's gonna like you know do something. They're gonna experiment. Like, do you have any? Because you say drugs well, are different. Well, bro, now. this is the reality of it. You've been no, through- but you know, honestly, you know it's fucked up to say. I never thought I would say this in my life. I just with the nature of these times, bro, and the way shit's being adulterated and everything else, like, bro, I, I for once in my life, I would not suggest people fucking take drugs. Like, as wow, grown up, I'm a, you know what I mean? But, but dude, it's just dangerous nowadays, bro. Smoke herb, smoke weed, bro. Real weed. And, yes, like you know what I mean. From people you know, like you know what I mean, like or a trusted dispensary, like apothecary in lovely hey. Sherman Oaks, California. Let's go, Let's go baby. Mention the show, get a special. Oh. What? what? Thank you, Adolfo, again. Uh, Kentron, you've been killing it all show, dude. 
Oh. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? How y'all hey. feeling? Just, you know, it's caught me off guard right now, but I'm keep on jamming. No, I love the Mary Jane song. You, you enjoying Kentron oh, soundtrack? Amazing. I love Kentron. Yeah, dude. Shit. Shout out. Listen, there's a lot that was said. We we went all over the place. We experienced a lot. I really appreciate you. At Trapzillas, check him out. He got a lot. Look, if you YouTube Trapzillas, you'll see a lot of interesting videos as well. <laughs> I, I YouTube Trapzilla. Bro, I got like different lives with that shit, man. No, I, I've interviewed. I, I watched some shit. You have a song called Dabs that you did, where you take a hot ass dab off a titanium banger. Early, that's one of the earliest dab <laughs> music videos. That really is. You uh, earliest dab music video. There were videos with you and early riff raff. Uh, there was a lot of things going on, but I really appreciate you taking time to come here and eating and chilling and smoking and making it happen. Kentron, the whole crew here. Uh, Adrian. Eric and Travis, of course, and everyone on Patreon too, dude. We started a Patreon. You get exclusive content footage, uh, monthly giveaways, a whole bunch of amazing things. Shout out to our uh, our first Patreon supporters, Macy, Drew, Matthew, Lifted, Aries. You guys are amazing. Everyone listening, wherever you're at, appreciate you on all streaming platforms again. Adolfo. Uh, thank you, everybody. Everyone watching live, Woo! wherever you're listening, y'all are amazing. And thank you, Apollo. Shout out my kids, I love you. Yes. And you see this in like 30 years. <laughs> Your mother's out of her mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you, thank you again. Thank you, thank you, everybody. Kentron, let's go, baby. Bye. 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 Bye.